Living up to your family's expectations is a tough feat to accomplish, especially when society deems your family to be cuckoos. Take a trip with us back to Transylvania and witness the rebirth of that madness. A tale as old as time, with wit, romance, and a hunchback, Mel Brooks does not disappoint in this classic twist of monster and man. I'm James Hockenjoes, and this is The Rewind. Hey guys, this is Jimmy, and you're listening to The Rewind, presented by House of Habits Podcast Network. Your scientists are so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they just don't think they should. Never tell me the odds. The Rewind. The Rewind. The Rewind. What's up, everybody? We're back. Another thrilling episode of The Rewind, presented by House of Havoc. Joined to me by my right, Mr. Gage Zangi. Howdy. And in the producer's booth, pulling double duty tonight, Emily Short, the one and only. Yes, I'm here. Today, <laughs> we will be taking a deep dive into the Mel Brooks classic, Gene Wilder, Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. A favorite of mine. Uh, I remember specifically, I've been telling this story a lot lately, but mm-hmm. I think this is the first time actually on a mic that I'm telling it, so I'm fucking telling it. Um, I remember like when DVDs, boom, like, you know, when DVDs became the thing. Yeah. Like 04, 03, around there, when it became like this, everyone had them. And I remember the first four DVDs that we bought when we got the DVD player in my house. And oddly enough, two of them were Mel Brooks, Blazing Saddles, mm-hmm. Young Frankenstein, Saving Private Ryan. Shit, can I not remember the fourth now? What a wild lineup to grow with, grow up with. Those are the first three. There was a fourth like, one. These like, are the three might have, movies that define. I would say mine's pretty my wild. cinematic taste. Yeah, I would say my like childhood lineup's pretty wild too. This one, this one's probably on my childhood lineup. because like, I even remember, yeah. like, I had to ask my dad watching this movie if it was in black and white because of how old it was, or if that was done on purpose. <laughs> and actually, that it was done yeah. on purpose, right? It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This movie's this movie. Seventy four. Uh, Seventy four. They yep, definitely had it. Yeah. It's Technicolor. It's just a play um, on the old. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. to the, the teeth, whole... the opening credits in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That was not a thing by the 70s. No. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, yeah it's <laughs> they a, stopped doing that shit. Yeah, it, it's a really... A we could just put this to the back when no one gives a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. They actually stopped it, like, in the 60s. Um, so it wasn't Well, I mean, in, no, not necessarily. The Westerns with it's the It's coming 70s. back, though, now. The beginning. You'll of see a lot yes. of the opening you credits. You see the indie films. Yeah, you don't. You haven't seen films with. Op- I've seen films know, made the within Lighthouse the last three years. I don't know. Never. I have no idea um, what the Lighthouse is. Oh. I think I'm the Lighthouse. Kinda, it's yes, kind of coming back did, though. The Lighthouse, I believe, did do something similar to that. I don't know if it was fully that, but it was um a similar style. I can't remember the last movie I saw that had like proper opening credits like that to the point where they don't have end credits. No, yeah, well, they, not to that point. No, I'm well, that's all... what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They didn't put end credits in until like late '60s, early '70s. Well, so could... then, by the time the um, I mean the '80s, the Outsiders, they had opening credits and no end yeah, credits. I don't think they had. End... Uh, well, if they did, it was very minimal. Majority mm-hmm. of that ran through the beginning when that song was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think there's massive credits, but you know what it is now is you can't studios won't let you get away with that. You need to. You have to have the end credits. It's like a thing. Yeah. I don't so, know if it's like 
Yeah, Disney decided it because we got to do all the fucking post credits and end, end credits shit. Got to keep you by the balls. Oh, uh, Disney well, did. Disney I don't started know if that. It's like that's a, the Disney. I don't think thing. you have to. I don't think by any means you have. No, to you do don't. That you almost only movie. see it with. I don't even know if it's just. It's Marvel. What are you talking about? No, the, no, no. I'm talking about having credit. end credits at all. I'm oh, not, I'm not talking about post. No, yeah, you re- you don't see that really anymore. Yeah, but I think that you could. I don't think that it's like illegal or against no, the rules no no no. i think it's more the studio like kind of i mean look movie studios oh they want they want everyone to be seen and stuff like that and to put in the beginning of the movie you're just adding the runtime of the audience sitting there well there's like, that yeah there's that oh i'm sorry i think that there's also like when a movie ends like an old hitchcock movie they just end abruptly kind of mm-hmm. it's like the final kiss and then it's like just black <laughs> or like fade out yeah and yeah. it's kind of like the you end. don't feel whole uh, yeah they do that and it's like you don't really feel whole whereas with the end credits Spin. it goes into like music and you kind of like decompress a little bit after what you just saw and it eases you into the real world am i so the only psychopath that's why i like it. am i the only psychopath that checks the credits because there's at least one guy and one guy or girl in every movie that I'm like the whole time I'm like who's this fucking guy who is this fucking guy and then the credits come and I'm looking I'm like oh that's who it is Dude, it's almost every every time I'm at the movie theater <laughs> no I pretty, to me. I just I, I, I DB it right yeah away. I couldn't I the last I don't time like pulling my that, phone out in the theater well no you do that no at the credits that same part where you're you will probably find it around the same time yeah if we were sitting next to each other yeah and I used yeah. less effort so. Yeah, but I'll never find it that way because I probably forgot the name. Well, of the because character. I already know, like, not that this is an example, but I already know Peggy Carter, Peggy Carter, and then I'm fucking looking. No idea soon, what Peggy Carter looks like. As soon as I see Peggy Carter, I'm like, oh shit, it was Janis Joplin. Like, <laughs> oh, I got you the character's name. No, yeah, I, I like said not it. that this is yeah, an yeah. example, but I'm just pulling yeah, yeah. a name out for whatever reason. Peggy Carter was in my head. And Janis Joplin. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, well, Young Frankenstein for me like is one of the ones I grew up with. Um, I believe my dad was actually one of the first person to show me it. Um, he kind of like loved these old school classic comedies. Um, big Gene Wilder fan, big Mel Brooks fan, and uh, you know you guys kind of touched upon this was really um, Wilder's homage to these classic Frankenstein films, and also Mary Shelley and her Frankenstein work and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's. It's just a classic. And it's actually rated on a lot of lists of like top comedy, um, top performances. And I'm stuff almost like that. positive I saw last night before we press play, ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Almost positive. I would believe that. Yeah, it's on like a lot of I don't of top know why. Contests. Why are they the ones that we always go to? I kinda trust them more than a like lot of Damn and like, Metacritic, right? I Well Rotten Tomatoes is honestly. I guess Metacritic I don't really go after, but I agree with Rotten Tomatoes' score. The three, I, yeah. the three I always see at the top of the search are frequently Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes, and IGN. And IGN makes no sense why they should IGN, be I don't. scoring movies. IGN, I don't. Yeah, I don't. It makes no sense to me that IGN even scores movies. Oh. Mm. Well, I, I, I honestly, Rotten Tomatoes, I think, has been around for majority of like all our time as, like, film watchers like even when we were kids it was around yeah but even like they're to the point now where you you pull up where you pull up young frankenstein on the apple tv and then it pulls it gives you the play and stars app and right before you click this the play and stars button hmm. bottom right of the screen you see the rotten tomatoes yeah. it give you the imdb as well didn't notice it might have imdb i think is too harsh i think yeah I, everything's I, I a low score imdb yeah. is like the nose in the air 
of the industry. Well, because you have to have an account, like, you know, like with, with Tiger Pack and stuff like that, we like we are able to add ourselves. Yeah. That's so like, it's more like, it's more the industry, I guess. So it's more like the industry is looking at Well, I think Rotten Tomatoes is more of like, it's like the LinkedIn base, of the like, film industry. Oh, I see what like, you're there's saying. There's no good real need yeah. for it. But Rotten Tomatoes is critics and yeah, the other one is just people what? working in the industry. Yeah, it's like how the Oscars profile work. In there. Yeah, it's kind of like how the Oscars um, work where like, people are voting, you know. So I don't know. Everything but. just feels like it's a fucking 7.4 when I look at IMDb. Like everything is a 7.4. <laughs> everything was so, like, are kind you of okay. kidding me right now? So on the good good segue right here on the topic of 7.4, uh, 0 to 10 star rating. Well, do you want me to run through the like everything first? No, we'll do these first. Okay. Do this first and okay. then we'll we'll give it back to you okay. to take the wheel. Gage? Um, hmm. Hmm. I'll give it. You want me to give you some time? I could. I could jump in. No, because I don't want your answer to influence my okay. answer. I want to f- be a free thinker. I feel well. My heart is telling me to say eight point two. Okay. Eight point two. Okay, that's fair. Eight point two is good. I mean, coming off, we just recorded uh, another uh, our episode on Black Dynamite. Black and, Dynamite, which came and, away with an eight point seven for me. But, as an but we scored film. it. We scored it as a as a yeah from because from the entertainment factor, it's like from ten. yes and from a piece of entertainment in a ten. similar nine, way. Nine. This movie is super entertaining, super fun, bunch of quotes, bunch of one liners. It's just slapstick comedy. You could show it like my cousin was just saying we were talking about this over the weekend. My cousin's like 41. He's got kids that are like 12, 10 and 8. And he just sat his two 12 and 10 year old boy down and showed it to them like like two weeks ago. And they mm-hmm. loved it. Like it's just one of those movies you could show. Oh, it holds to. water. Yeah. yeah it holds. I watched it today. It but at the same time, we were, I don't know why this was a big hot topic amongst the family. I think we might have been talking about that. I was doing it. I don't know. I brought it up maybe. But my dad was talking about how how much he loved it, and like how Emily said, her dad showed her. My dad showed me this movie when mm-hmm. I was a kid, obviously. And my mom was saying that like, yeah, it's like funny and it was good, re- good at the time and this and that. But like when you look at it, it's really not a good movie. I mean, and yeah, my I dad suppose. was up in arms about it. He's like, whatever, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, if they made that movie today, it'd have been like, why don't you move the camera or something. Well, but, that, so. but I then get that goes back to that homage because it's it's yeah. I'm not no, I'm not judging it based on I that just, whatsoever. I, I mean, just, just feel as if if that. I shoot, like I gave Black Dynamite a seven seven. That was on a first viewing. I haven't seen it more than once. I just feel like like if I give this like an eight four, there's not a lot of room. You know, like I think there's a lot of movies that I like more than Young Frankenstein. Not that I don't love it. Yeah, it's got a special place. I could just probably name twenty movies that I think I. I are better movies overall and that I like probably just Well, that's not fair better. because I could think of one movie right now that I like a lot more but isn't a better movie. Like I'd score Oh yeah, it I have that too. Fast and Furious, boom. <laughs> well, that's a whole Whoa. We're going to you all That's my childhood movie. I love You so the first one. So the first The first one's my favorite. Yeah. But so when you were talking when it was about heart at heart yeah. you could have whichever <laughs> brew you want. <laughs> so uh while you're talking about that you also brought up when we were looking to think movies to pick you brought up uh, any of the harry potters and we are going to when we do franchises we're going to do them all in one shot there we go so oh in one shot not we're gonna have one, like a six no, 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 hours no, 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 no. i mean like when we do them we're going to do all eight harry potters oh, okay. in separate shows and release them like in the same month 
Okay. So, Fast and Furious is another one. I don't know. We could probably stop at Fast Five. I what? We, no, we, I say you go all the way. You want to uh, do them all? I do. Do we do uh, Hobbs and Shaw too? Do we spin off? I could do without Hobbs and Shaw. I haven't even seen. Gonna, I think I fell asleep. You fell asleep, and I'm not I mean, gonna talk lie. About it, it's whatever. I'm It'll not sound the gonna same lie. I was into Hobbs and Shaw. What? I was into it. I liked it a lot. Well, uh, I, it's, let's it's not hold on. Hold on. You know? Let me <laughs> let me put the foot down really quick. Let's set the scene here. I think we probably popped it on at like no earlier than 11 p.m. on like a Friday or a Saturday night. Probably. And we were in bed, and like it's not that I fell asleep because it sucked. I fell asleep because it was like a three-hour movie almost that we started at almost eleven thirty at night. Mm-hmm. That's why I fell asleep during the movie. It's because I was shot. It's not because I fell asleep because it was bad. But I, I mean, I don't. I could sit out of the Hobson Shaw pod. You're like I mean, a child. You can't stay awake later than eleven thirty. <laughs> like, oh, it's fucking dead tired. Yeah, you gotta go to bed. I probably worked that day. Who knows? Nah, I, book I, of excuses. I, I can't finish a movie. If a movie, if it's eleven o'clock, this is why the this is why the the downfall of movie theaters with the the, the novel coronavirus is really hitting me because I love mm. seeing a movie in a theater. Yeah. I'm never gonna fall asleep in the theater. Oh, well, I'll fall asleep. The last you time saw I, me fall asleep. In the the theater. La- would you fall asleep? Amazing Spider Man, uh, and Rogue One, but I wasn't with you. The most only movie that I could think of recently that I fell asleep at was Fantastic Beasts Two, and that was again I think it was an eleven forty five show and we went to yeah and what that was like and that was you going to school full time I mean go to going to school full time and working full time hey hey guys what happened to what Johnny happened Depp to Johnny is Amber Heard is a fucking huge cunt and I got no problem saying that because I'm a nobody whoa, whoa hold on first off you gotta say that to the camera Amber Heard huge cunt. I'm not gonna lie. And I, now, who are you gonna <laughs> cast as Grindelwald? Get the fuck out of here. But Amber Heard can stay in Aquaman too. I'm not gonna. So right here, Hollywood. So what? From wait, me to you. Hold on. What? Give me. Okay. Give me the facts, Em. Uh, I'm not gonna. Yeah, the whole thing with the Johnny Depp thing is kind of like a. I, I feel it's a bit of an issue because, like, I I will not lie. I am a feminist. I do. I'm very supportive of the Me Too movement. When you know. <clears throat> facts are right and stuff like that like um but the things that are happening apparently in this case i you know, haven't done my full research on it but from what i've heard is that the the reason why he was fired from warner brothers wasn't because of the domestic dispute case or any it was of the, the lawsuit with be, the son yes because what happened was in the uk uh him and amber heard had a lawsuit against either the daily or the sun and uh, I'm almost positive it was the son. I think it was the they, son. They used the term "wife beater" to describe him. That's what the lawsuit yeah, was. Yeah, it was. Over. It was. It was about um, you know, uh, just information of character or whatever it is, or def- uh, whatever. Yeah, it was a defamation. Defa- thank you, defamation of character lawsuit. And the judge came back and said, um, based on the facts, you are an abusive man, and so this isn't defamation of character. So therefore, your lawsuit is dismissed. Yeah. And due to that, Warner Brothers then in turns did this but the, there's just a lot of like Wait, convoluted so, evidence here oh that he didn't do anything well that you know i think what well, honestly what i think it is there's is also like, evidence of amber heard abusing well that's him, what that i was about just, to say under the go ahead well, put no, it right there this is this is <laughs> if, this is my point sweep it right under the this rug. is my point so my point is is that i think they they are two people that completely brought out the worst in each other that they were probably both abusive to each other, whether emotionally or physically or whatever. No one else was in the household 
them, so who can really say? But I, I think this is a, a classic case of what that the Me Too movement does and how he said, she said can blow up to this point. Because this is a very he said, she said type of situation. Yeah. This is not clear cut, and I do think that they're both in the wrong. I don't think either one is necessarily innocent, but I do think that, like, I don't think Johnny Depp's a bad person. Like, I don't yeah. think that, I, I don't, I would not be shocked Why if this was his Why are people up in arms and saying, like, uh, acting as if Johnny Depp is 100% innocent and this is bullshit if it's a he said, she said thing and nobody has Well, because there is otherwise. evidence Because there's audio her. tape of Amber Heard yes. threatening there's him. There's more evidence against threatening her. Threatening him with, yeah, there's more concrete evidence against Amber Heard yes. than there is against Johnny Depp. Yes. And oh. the problem is that Warner Brothers fired him from Fantastic Beasts mm-hmm. and Disney said reported don't they they're done with the they're done with them for pirates of the Mm -hmm. caribbean but amber heard is still still slated to star in aquaman and she's not even a good mirror like honestly like she's not a good actress she's horrible she's not a good actress put her in the same category as who's that other idiot Kristen stewart the two of them suck they're not good keeping it moving here i never gave a score Young Frankenstein. You think Kristen Stewart sucks? She can't. It's she's like the fucking Seth Rogen of female actresses, dude. It's one shtick in every movie. Oh. Yeah, she is. I. She's just definitely. Atti- she's, attitude. It's she just bites her lip, <laughs> looks so like. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. These. That's fantastic. <laughs> I think. I think your next Halloween. It's Outfit should be a Kristen Stewart. Character. You're like, dude. You're What's like that, a third of the. That way? was fantastic. You're I'm like a third of the way there now. Good that was. You just honestly, more I feel like the only reason if I didn't why I had the headphones on, I could have got the whole yeah. <laughs> stressed out. Part of me, part, okay. Part of me feels like the only reason why you were able to get that so good is because that's how I act when I'm stressed out. No, it's because I <laughs> fucking because she's in a lot of movies oh, that man. I like. One specifically. I love Adventureland, yeah, despite the one. fact that she's the lead and terrible in it. It's horrible in it. Horrendous. She in Adventureland? No, I never Adventureland, great oh. shitty movie. Yeah. But, well, let's uh, keep so it moving. What's your I'm score? scoring it an 8.1. Okay. Final answer. I'm, I'd probably give it like a 7.6. 7.6? 7. 6. Yeah. Yeah. Gets tough on it, right? Yeah. I, I'm a tough on movies, though. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm the IMDb of three of us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, you And I'm IGN, baby. You're my IGN. Here's the score. We got no reason. Yeah. I like video games, but this movie seems all right. Where are we at right now? Runtime. Should we take a quick break? We're at 18 minutes. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Come back with Emily steering the ship. Okay. Hey, buddy. How's it going? You remember the good old days growing up, being a kid, going to middle school, not having a job? Mm-hmm. You, you had some stuff you had to do, right? Yeah. A little bit of, little bit of chores. Some parents uh, might call them. I hate it. Helping out around the house, you know? Yeah. This and that. What, you have any you, you didn't like doing the most? What was your least favorite chore? My least your dad, favorite. Your daddy made you do growing up. Least favorite chore, out of doubt. Scrubbing the kitchen floor with a toothbrush. I hated that. Scrubbing the kitchen floor with a toothbrush, dude. Yeah. Your dad made you do that? Yeah, it was fucking brutal. What the fuck, bro? I'm talking about mowing the lawn, man. Ah, uh, I did that too. Yeah, man, mowing the lawn, it's no fun. And guess what? If you live in Suffolk County, it doesn't have to be a problem anymore. Why? Because we could have Next Level Landscaping come take care of it for you. Mm. Next Level Landscaping, they specialize in weekly lawn maintenance as well as fall and spring cleanups, thatching, mulch, seeding, and topsoil. 
If you live in the Eastern Suffolk County area, you give them a call at 631-739-1121. You speak to Michelle or Tim, and you let them know Hawk sent you. Again, that's Next Level Landscaping, 631-739-1121. Come get your grass caught by some professionals. Don't let Aunt do it with a toothbrush. All right. Well, on that note, since we are talking about BMW, that brings us right <laughs> yeah, into... Yeah, that's fucking Tom No, Sugar. listen. Brings us right into Germany, Transylvania, where they have German accents. Not where Transylvania is. Uh, I know, but... Where's have, Transylvania? I, it's actually not in Germany. But the point I'm trying to make is they I'm do have... I'm asking you a question. <laughs> I'm actually not entirely sure. It's... it's Sweden, eh? It's somewhere up in the, the Northern European... The Alps area yeah i'm not really entirely sure what transylvania is, is it's honestly. somewhere in the who gives it's a fuck small. mountains it's like probably like some romney gypsies in there and all the other types of cultures I think I it's don't a pretty know. big country I, that it's in I, well in comparison to so i'm thinking in comparison to like not the u.s the u.s china yeah well that's you know, <laughs> but I, as far as your, I, well, eastern listen, european countries listen, go we're, we're american and we're a bit selfish so i compare most things to the u.s uh, <laughs> we like it big it's the mecca baby it's most the mecca americans the i feel and especially new yorkers um but so uh this obviously this film is based in transylvania and they actually use a lot of german accents in there there is german dialect in there and stuff like that but uh, so Young Frankenstein was directed by Mel Brooks. It was written by Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks and based on Mary Shelley's novel of um, the name Frankenstein. The cinematographer was Gerald uh, Hirschfield. Editor was John C. Howard. The cast, we have uh, Gene Wilder as Dr. Frederick Frankenstein. Uh, Peter Boyle as the monster. Marty Feldman as Igor. Uh, Madeline Kahn as Elizabeth. Cloris Leachman as Frau Bueller, uh, Terry Gar as Inga, and the runtime was 106 minutes, which is roughly about an hour 46. Rated PG. Uh, release date was December 15th, 1974. Yeah, is. <laughs> sure is rated PG. Uh, we'll get to that. What do we think the budget was? Seven million. No. Four, seven. 17, higher or lower? 17 million. Lower. Lower than seven. Oh, four. Whoa, chief. Big boss man. Calm down. 3.79 million. Oh, my God. Um, it was 2.8, which was an estimate. Wow. It was somewhere between 2.3 and 2.8. 2.8. You're low telling me they said this costs less than Black Dynamite? Yeah, it's also 1970. Yeah, it's also four. 30 years older than Black Dynamite. I don't Dynamite. know if 25 this... 25 years So by inflation, this I, costs yeah, a shit ton I more I don't know if this is Black yeah. Dynamite. if I'm going to be honest with you. I doubt yeah, it by does. Oh, in, I doubt it. Um, by inflation, this is like more than double what Black Dynamite yeah, costs. Yeah. Can I we mean, look at the inflated number on that? Uh, yeah, just Google, what the, Google yeah. inflation. Yeah. 1974 was the year. Um, the box office. Want to guess the box office? Worldwide? It had a com- regular international release. Mm-hmm. How much did it make worldwide? Eleven and a half million dollars. Higher. Seventeen. Higher. So, cumulatively, and I'm honestly going to be really honest with you. I'm not entirely sure if this number is including DVD sales. Because that would make all of the sense. It's a very high number. It's, but, you know, I mean, 1974, maybe it's not. It was over 86 million. 
thinking that might be with the DVD sales. Yeah. But 2.8 million then would cost 14.7 today. That's actually not as crazy as I thought. No, that's pretty. What? Yeah, I mean. I thought it might be a little higher. Than I that. thought it would be two and a half times. So, that would be. And what was the box around? office? Well, according to this, it's worldwide. It was eight, over eighty-six million. Oh yeah, that's domestic gross, right? Worldwide. Yeah, is there like a box office number specifically? Because, like he said, that that could include DVDs and. Well, that's the thing. Like honestly, like when I saw that, I can see if I can pull it up. Jimmy, I'll tell you a story. Tell it to us. About two guys in a room. We're in a room. They got a lot of caffeine. And four walls. And they're doing stuff. There's a floor. And, and the stuff they're doing, it's big. And it's coming at you fast in your ear. Coming in your ear. <laughs> and possibly some other places. Don't open up too wide. So... This... It just says cumulative worldwide gross eight, over 86. Oh, okay. No it's worries. Actually, That's all right. We yeah. don't have to spend that much time I'm on not, it. I'm not going to go crazy. But yeah, so um, the, I mean, I think it's kind of easy to figure out where it was filmed. Los Angeles. Yeah, studio lot in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, well, Los specifically California, I think Angel it was also Santa, one of Santa, like Santa Monica, like one of those. Um, camera. It's 1974. Did they use Ari an iPhone Cam two thirty five. What'd you say? I said, did they use an iPhone three? Three S, three S E. No, uh, it was a Panavision R twenty. Panavision. Yeah, I'm sorry, R two hundred. Um, yeah. So that is uh, who made it, obviously. Um, so Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder worked on Blazing Saddles before this. And uh, it's uh, apparently Gene Wilder turned around to Mel and was like, okay, next you're going to do mine. Uh, meaning my script next. And this was actually the script. So uh, like a couple scenes, like the one scene that almost actually didn't make it was the putting on the Ritz scene. That was originally mm -hmm. in the script, but it almost did Which not. Which scene? Putting on the Ritz. Yeah, that almost didn't make it because uh, Mel thought it was ridiculous. He thought it was tropey. Well, well, it is ridiculous. It is. Oh, completely. It's completely campy and stuff like that. And uh, he, Mel really believed the audiences would not get it. He thought it, it just was so outlandish that it just was not, it just didn't make sense. And um, uh, Gene just fought him and fought him and fought him. And apparently he, he's quoted as saying, I screamed until I was almost crying, red in the face and blue in the lips. And Mel just looked at him and said, okay. It's in. Imagine and that's actually what happened. That's no Gene Wilder tell, told that story. That no, I know, but him. imagine he's telling the truth. I a hundred percent believe. Blue in the lip. He was just ah, like fuck no, you. no, scream like just yelling about like. We're gonna fucking hit. keep the same. Yeah, like just I, I. To be honest, you don't I've understand, had... Mel. This is bigger than you and me and everybody involved. This makes the film. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie though. I've had writers do that to me. You're talking to a fucking good Willy Wonka. Good day, sir. Yeah, I've had. I've I'll say good you. day. I'll say yeah. good night. So then. I do good believe night. that. Oh, that's it. I do completely believe that. Um, but it, it stayed in. There was a couple scenes that also, like, you know, just didn't make like little scenes. You lose, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So Millbrooks are uh rented the original Universal like machinery from the set of Frankenstein for this film. 
um, he contacted the uh, like um, fabricator, who still had it. And uh, was able to rent uh, it and made a deal and actually gave him credit in the film, which he did not. Oh, I saw it. I saw it in the credits. Yeah, he uh, he actually didn't receive the opening credits. credit in the original films. For no movie. shit. Yeah. Oh. Because this, you have to think, this was 37 to Fucking 45. Selfish. Yeah, the, five, the four or five films came out uh, 37 to 45. So, um, you know, different different times back then. Also, uh, in 30, in all those years, the wardrobe was more risque than it was in 1974 because in 1974 they had like wardrobe things that had to be in place you couldn't have hems uh, over this uh under oh, this length and instead of the wild west that was early films. yeah yeah so there was a couple things there so mel actually said i want as much cleavage as, as is allowed <laughs> on the girls good call um, like specifically inga well no, boobs for points for mel uh, points for yeah. boobs <laughs> mel's a boob man two boobs <laughs> I, give, I give that decision two boobs <laughs> <laughs> the uh what hey. is happening, kid? <laughs> What's up? I'm out. I'm out. You're I, leaving? No, I'm here, but I'm out. Oh. You wanted to say hi. Just say hey. hi. Say hi. Cool. Oh, hey. What's up, y'all? What's up, this man? This is Miles. Miles just stopping by. It's your boy, Coco. Follow me. Uh, shout out my mom. Uh, <laughs> just plug yourself. No, I haven't I'm seen you in years. Fan. You come I'm here and just fan. plug. Big fan. Big fan. All right, guys. I'll be in the other room. All right. Adios. That was Good. Miles of Funkin' Vibe. <laughs> at Funkin' Vibe at mm, Hot Coco. I'll plug his shit for him. He's a good guy. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the things, um, the Marty Feldman hump changed. Yeah, all yeah. Dude, He's what? Like, wasn't your hump on me? What hump? No, you know, what hump? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That actually was a gag that Marty Feldman did because what happened was he just started switching his hump to the other sides for like a week or two until someone noticed. And then they wrote it in. So Good. that is why that exists. Um, <laughs> Gene Hackman and Gene Wilder were tennis partners. And that's part of the reason Gene Hackman got the role of the blind man. Because uh, he wanted to try comedy out. Fireballs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolute fireballs. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. So um, that's you know, a great little thing. Um, Gene Wilder actually said this was his favorite film he ever made. Um, mm-hmm. And Mel Brooks said this was his best made film, but his third funniest. After Blazing Saddles and um, the producers, mm. but he said there's his most. Seen the producers. The producers is one I would say one of Mel Brooks's best movies. It's it's really. I haven't really seen funny. the producers and I haven't seen Blazing Saddles in a good minute. Blazing yeah, Saddles, we might, get, we might get in long, trouble. It's for been it. a very long time. <laughs> Patreon, Patreon, one of these Patreon. Days. Yeah, that's a Patreon one. Um, one of these days we'll get to the Patreon. You thought I was gonna fit into this podcast too. <laughs> Um, Mel only made off-screen appearances because Gene felt it would uh, break the illusion of what he was trying to do with Young Frankenstein. Obviously, we know it was very much an illusion to the classic Frankenstein films from Universal and the horror films. And you even see that in the dialogue and the way it's shot, um, which we can kind of go into if you want. Um, like the way it, the way it's written is very much that um, classic Universal horror monster movie where mm-hmm. it's like gone he's gone like yeah. oh, we must find him and it's like he just ran out the door there's no way you can't catch him. not very fast yeah he's running like maybe a mile and a half an hour yeah. like you know like um it's not it's not going well for him you know <laughs> um i do love to the quirkiness of the creature 
uh, even with like his face, because you have you think of the Frankenstein as that classic, like, yeah, that head boxy that we head, have. yeah, and he's like, <laughs> like just a guy. He's like honestly, he's like Frankenstein's lost and forgotten brother. Yo, he has a zipper on his neck. He does. He does. <laughs> he calls, yeah, Elizabeth Kahn calls him zipper neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come here, zipper neck. <laughs> yeah. um, well, she's fantastic in this film. Elizabeth Kahn is amazing. She's actually a trained opera singer. Look, the lips. Uh, yeah, oh, not the lips. He's like, no tongue. And she, he's like, no tongue. <laughs> yeah. um, I also love when uh, they're at the train scene and she's uh, they're saying goodbye and he goes to hug her and she's like, oh, taffeta, darling. He's like, Taffeta, sweetheart. She goes, no, the dress is taffeta. Goes so easily. <laughs> she, so she's a very funny, and she's been in a bunch of Mel Brooks's films and stuff like that throughout the years. She was a huge comedy actress at the time. Um, obviously, this film was massively ad-libbed uh, just due to its cast. Um, uh, Floris Leachman ad-libbed. So the only line Wait, that was written- didn't she play v- Lily Von Stopp? Or whatever her name is in Blazing Saddles? Floris uh, Leachman? Yeah. Was that her? Uh, yeah, yes. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember who that exactly was, but yeah, I think that's the stage girl yeah, she who's was, like, what? "I'm tired, yeah, tired yes. of playing the game." Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. she's great. Uh, she plays Frau Ruler, and she's fantastic. She ad libs the um, uh, warm milk. Ovaltine. Ovaltine. Oh, yeah. Yo, her timing on that scene is so good. She just Ovaltine. Yep. It's fit. So the only slowly one, turns doesn't look at him in the eyes. You know? Yeah, and then he's like, he's like, no, and she's like, <laughs> I'll oh, say good night like, then. I'll say good night then. Good night. Night. She's like, and she yeah. like walks over the painting and she's like, good night, so, my sweet. <laughs> <laughs> she's fantastic. Great shot. Great shot of her in the mirror. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this has a lot of great classic shots. Um, that are just like you know exactly what's going on. I think one of the best scenes. Just so like that like seventies on the nose. Yeah. Because we're working with what we got in nineteen seventy four. Our last film was a two thousands movie set to portray a seventies movie, and this was a seventies movie set to portray a thirties movie. Yeah, 30s, it's, 40s, it's yeah. 30s, 40s, somewhere around there. Because you have to think, uh, Frankenstein took place in 1887, I want to say, and it's supposed to be his grandfather. So you'd have to say, you could say like 30s, 40s-ish. I'd probably say 30s. What was I'd the first say... movie with sound? Really? That what? Was like... They don't teach you that in no, freshman no. year of, uh, no, of no, that fucking was movie the school? Yeah, but with like actual dialogue synced to it. It was the thing with the train. Well, you have to no, think that angels, music. angels with thirty. Oh, shut up. Angels with thirty faces with thirty-eight, and that had sound. So I'm gonna pass gas. I'm. Ah, I forget. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Jeez. I fucking said it. Sounded like a burp. Who <laughs> <laughs> stepped on that? That bug. was a bass. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yo, are you able to look up something real quick while we're not in the flow of something right now? Because I'm trying to pull it up on my phone, but it's not coming up. It's um the video of, it's on on YouTube. Just the oh, classroom. No, I can't. I can't pull up YouTube because I'm uh, recording onto this, uh, so I can't really do that right now. Um. Don't got the dual screen action yet. Yeah. Well, I don't have no producer. One of these right days, now, so. this closet will turn into a legitimate production booth. All right, shit. we're very off topic. So anyway, let me get back to it. Um. Uh. Oh, fucking word. Yeah. All right. I don't even, we don't even need audio for it. But it's in the classroom when he's breaking down 
like the parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like what he's drawing. To the mic. Oh, it doesn't. You don't need to hear it. You see what he's drawing there? His picture of the brain. Yeah. But it looks like an ice cream cone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's shit like that's great. It's just an ice cream. <laughs> um So I've seen I I can tell you. Oh, you know what it is. Yeah. We literally just watched yeah, this last no, night. Yeah. Um so Columbia offered him one point seven um, That whole scene's great. Yeah, about one point seven, um, but he brought twentieth century fox and he got more. <laughs> so um the on the train scene that conversation where he's like let him let him it's the same in english and german which is kind of like if you watch it closely i've seen enough times you kind of can pick up on that um the cat screech was ad-libbed when he throws the dart and he the cat screech completely ad-libbed that was just mel brooks being like pulling again just being a cat just just being just like wow. i feel like it needs a cat sound and i'm gonna make <laughs> cat sound and so that's that um the walk this way with the cane that was almost actually cut. Uh, Mel thought it was a little ridiculous, and then um, in the screen test audience found it hysterical. So he kept it the same with putting on the reds. Well, hold on, let me cut you off real quick. Yeah. This is what you said last night, and we're not positive you'd read this somewhere. We're not. This is half-assed internet research. We're not really positive if there's truth to this, but allegedly, the stones. Oh no, not no, the stones. Aerosmith. No, Aerosmith. Not the stones. Aerosmith took a. Uh, a recording, a recording break from a long, grueling day to go see Young Frankenstein, and then the next day they wrote "Walk This Way." Or like, uh, sure. yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the way rumor. the story goes. That's if you feel rumor. like shooting me down, <laughs> Stephen Tyler, if you could please confirm this, just email hello Walk at this way. the, re- the rewindpodcast.com. <laughs> Let us know if this is true. If you could remember. Um. So the original version was actually twice as long, and Mel and Gene hated it, and so they went back in and sliced it down significantly because they realized for every joke that worked, there was two to three that didn't work. So they ended up cutting a lot of things out um, to make it what it was, and it ends up being that they were they loved this version of the film. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fun. The movie itself is almost a little too long. Yeah. So that's, it is long. To think of it being twice as long as it is, like it's almost a little too long for the kind of movie it is. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a long movie. Like you could definitely still slice ten off of the last forty five. <laughs> you could find ten minutes. You could cut off of the last forty five minutes of that movie. Yeah, you you could trim down a lot. I mean, honestly, like, arguably, you don't necessarily need the whole scene. Like, even though the scene with Gene Hackman's great and the scene with the little girl is great, like, you could cut that stuff out. But it shows the humanity in the monster in a way. It does that, but they're also meant, they're kind of written like sketches. Yeah. And I wish they were more. It's like a series of bits. I wish they were, I don't know, I didn't think that the bits were that good. I thought as scenes, it made sense to the movie. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know. I think think the jokes that hit the best in the movie are the wordplay. The puns, what, that what knockers that and <laughs> fucking Igor's reactions, man. Oh, Igor's face is perfect. He steals the show, in so my good. opinion. Marty Feldman's just incredible, and his just his delivery on everything is fantastic. Even to like the point of when he's like, "Flip the last switch," he's like, "Not the last switch." You know, <laughs> it's like these great moments, or like when he's standing there, and even it's like, when he's not talking. 
Oh, when yeah. he's not delivering lines, he's still the best guy on camera. Yo, 100%. when he like goes and bites Elizabeth's scarf, oh, it's cool. and just goes way too far with it, just slaps him with the face. Like you just met her. Yeah, he's. It, it's just so good, and I mean, like the point where he, they're looking at the skull. So. There, there's three skulls. It's like six years dead, three years dead, six months, and then freshly, freshly dead. dead. So the, the 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 two oldest were actually real skulls, and then the sixth month was sculpted. And then there's Marty Feldman is his face, and he's like, I ain't got nobody, and nobody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, how'd you get down here? He's like, the dumb waiter. <laughs> it's so good, you know. I heard the music, and so I came down. Yeah, music, so I came on down. <laughs> like, you know, it's just. It's the one-liners in this are great. And I would probably say one of the best scenes, I don't know if you guys agree, is the first time we see Gene Wilder on screen when he's teaching. Um, that whole uh, bit between him and Danny Goldman is just so Danny good. Goldman, the kid? That's the student, the student. yeah. Who that has was... some great accusational facial expressions. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, it's just so But didn't good. you love your father very much? And by but that, you're it... not even a little bit interested in his studies. But what about your grandfather's work, sir? Yeah. Yeah. My like, grandfather's are you a work was doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> My grandfather was a cuckoo. Oh, I actually literally wrote down that Yo. line because it's fantastic. So he... Which one? The kook? The cuckoo one. Yeah, it's somewhere here. So he says that and then proceeds to give a crazy lesson where he has an old man crawl off a bed and then knee him in the nuts to yeah. prove a point. And then he goes, give him an extra dollar. Yeah. Extra, extra dollar, you got it. Right after calling his grandfather a fucking psychopath. Yeah, he says, but I'd rather be remembered for my own small contributions to science and not because of my accidental relationship to a famous cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes into um you know because he goes into the uh, my grandfather's work was doo-doo i am not interested in death the only thing that concerns me is the preservation of life and he goes class is dismissed um the other great line he says oh, preservation of stabs life. <laughs> yeah he's like the preservation of life stabs himself in the leg with the actually scalpel. he's literally sitting like this the preservation of life Slow class. class is it's like Excellent. the greatest like moment and everyone just stands up and starts clapping but the other great line too there he goes i'm a scientist not a philosopher you have more chance of reanimating this scalpel than you have of mending a broken nervous system mm -hmm. and it's like all these great lines about preservation of life and the complete opposite of who he's meant to be he's even changed his name to frankenstein because he doesn't want to be associated with the frankenstein legacy and I think it's such an insight into this character is, and I mean, to see his arc throughout the film, it's great because he goes from being like, you know, it's all, it's Frankenstein to being like, my name is Frankenstein when he's- Yeah, when he like, accepts his death. Yeah, when he's cuddling the monster of like, when he turns, he's like, hey, handsome, aren't you a sweet boy? Yeah. In the whole scene. Like, <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, let me out. He's, he's like, like, have mercy on you, mommy. And let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the physicality. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the Olympian ideal? <laughs> you are a god. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's just so well written. Um, even I, when he's laying in bed, he's laying in bed the first night. He's like, "You want me to say it? You want me to say it? Fine." Does he? 
Destiny! No escaping. That's for me. Destiny! Destiny! That's one of the best lines. It's it's from being because he, he says his entire what we've known so far about him and the I'm not a Frankenstein, I'm not a Frankenstein. Don't give me that. I don't believe in fate. Yeah. And he's saying all these things, and it's like, I won't say it. All right, you win. I give. I'll say it. I'll say it. And it's just, Destiny! Destiny! And it's just this whole thing. And, and that's his whole character arc right there. And, yeah, you really do see it because at that, then what happens is yeah. he wakes up and uh, he then discovers, he uses music and discovers. Finds, yeah. finds the book. Finds I guess, no, he has a deeper arc than that because he becomes quite selfless at the end. Yeah, he does. He's be- all about his own studies and we're not getting into the, I'm not taking out my name and then he takes on his name but he still wants all the credit for bringing life back. And then, Yeah, and then at the end with the monster. he his own life. Yeah, and they even say that too. It's like, are you, you know, you're, ris- uh, you're risking your both your lives and he's like, I know. Or it's like, are you willing to risk both your lives? And he's like, you know, yes or something like that. And it shows that like, it honestly shows humility in him and his love for his creation, you know, and that yeah. like motherly love. Um, it, you know, I think it's, I do say it's probably one of Mel Brooks' best. Uh, it's just, it's, it's just so well done. I mean, there are issues with it, obviously, like you said, it's kind of, it does fall into a bit of a sketchy type of feel. Um, but that was also kind of comedy at that time a little bit. You know, no, like, I'm done with the sketches. I just thought it was not it's like slapstick I don't know. comedy. I thought yeah. maybe it's like a lot of slapstick yeah. physical shit. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, even with the uh, whole Abby normal scene. Um, excellent. <laughs> Promise you won't be mad. Yeah, yeah. Promise you won't be angry. I I will not be angry. <laughs> you know. And then he goes, um, he's Abby, Abby something, Abby, Abby normal. Are you telling mm-hmm. me I put an abnormal brain? In a seven and a half F4, foot yeah. tall, fifty-four inch wide yep. gorilla. <laughs> the other great thing too is, uh, you know, like damn your eyes, too late. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but it is. It's what. It's probably. It's. It's just a great movie. I would say also one of the really good lines too is the uh, after he doesn't the, the life doesn't come to the monster and he's just like stand there and he's like. Be of good cheer. If science teaches us yeah. anything, it's to teach us to accept our failures as well as our successes with great, uh, with quiet dignity and grace. And he just walks away and turns around. He's like, "Son of a bitch, bastard! I'll get you for <laughs> yeah. this. Why did you do this?" No, to me? stop, doctor. You're going to kill him. Yeah, and then like, Igor <laughs> breaks the fourth wall and goes, uh, "Quiet, grace, quiet, grace, and, quiet, and, grace and yeah. dignity." Right. So I think one of the best parts yeah. of that too is the end where he's like, "I don't want to live. I do not <laughs> want to live." <laughs> Mama. So, oh my god, that was where he's like, "Mama." <laughs> It's so, it's just slapstick, classic humor. And, you know, um, even when the monster turns around, all of a sudden has a brain. Uh, you know, it's like, it has like, you know, a calm, a shit calmed brain. And he's not this crazy monster anymore. And he has this like long speech. And also the inspector turns around. He's like, well, well, uh, this, this changes like, things. Well, that, well, that was a completely different scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, back to my house for pound cake. Yeah. And he pulls off that. He's just pulls it off. He's like, oh. To the Tell <laughs> so I realized this movie also had the first uh, recorded elbow shake mm. before they get on the train because they can't touch each other. Yeah. And then they just do one of those. That's a great line too. Where she's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, I just, I can't even put it to words. He's like, won't you try? And she's like, 
You've got it, mister. <laughs> I'm all yours. Yeah, I'm all yours. You're all incorrigible. <laughs> that too, that you're incorrigible. You're incorrigible was used multiple times in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Kahn, again, I, I always say it, she's just fantastic. You know, classic uh, lead trained opera singer. Um, so, like, I, she's just, she actually can sing that well and does that well. And you see mm-hmm. it again in uh, uh, History of the World Part 1. Uh, I don't know if you've either if you've I don't think you have. Have you ever seen History of the World parts, Part One? Not all of it. No, it's only one part. No, I've seen parts of the oh, movie. Oh, you only seen. Yeah. Have you ever seen the part where she she's like the um like Cleopatra type yeah, person yeah. and she's just like yes no no yes like, I don't remember. That oh, it's so it. it's so good. Uh-huh. Um, she has like all of these um slaves in front of her and mm-hmm. she's like choosing who she wants to be part of her like troop. Like the elite uh, men that carry her through the city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible, but it it, it does make you laugh. Um, uh, and it's, I forgot who one of the main characters is that. It was a, a comedian that they were all friends with at the time. Richard mm-hmm. Pryor was friends with them. And um, it was I forget his name at this point, but that's, that's definitely worth watching. There's a lot of funny parts in that too. I think it's just great. Um, but I know, I don't know. I, we kind of went through a lot. It, there's actually not a lot to it it's kind of no straightforward. it's a very simple film i mean they get on a train from uh from america to, to europe yeah, yeah to that europe. i noticed switch trains there's a smoking sign on the american train and yeah. then once he's on the next train it's a rauchen sign which means yeah. smoking in german yes <laughs> yeah um it's great i mean attention I, to detail yeah oh it's it's just so good. I mean, honestly, too, like the little, it's the little things. And that's, I think, kind of what you guys were talking about in Black Diamond, where it's these little, like, things, like they're using, it's a different actor when you switch back, or it's like the same explosion, yeah. two different things that happen. And it's, yeah, go ahead. What are you Speaking doing? of uh, Black Dynamite, there's another unlit thing in this movie, too the candelabra. <laughs> Not yeah. Lit. Great. Yeah. Like, it's, good point. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny too when she's like just walking with the unlit candle. I think it's, it's almost just every shot is she, it's not lit. Anytime she has that candle, yeah, and and lit. she says, "Stay near the, the yeah, path is treacherous. Out. Stay near the candle." Yeah, <laughs> she does say that too. Yeah. It's interesting too that every time like you know her name is said like the horse. Yeah, the horse thing, and, and then yeah. then Igor pops his head back in and just says, "What's the last name?" Bueller. Bueller yeah. just goes Bueller. <laughs> the fucking horse. <laughs> oh, Lucan. Buchan. Frau Buchan. Oh, right. Yeah. Frau, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's great. I mean, uh, to the, I don't know if you want to go into the war. Well, we're or... going to, we'll take one more break. Okay, if you, okay. you, you're good? Yeah, I'm good. Gage? Yeah. All right, we're going to come back into the awards. Are you ready to experience the dark and macabre? Look no further than Tiger Pack Productions. Tiger Pack Productions, independent film company by our friends Emily and Vincent. They started back in 2018. They've done a few short films, The Attack and Flora's Daughter. Award-winning at dozens of festivals. This company's on the rise. They're just getting started. So why don't you guys give them a follow on their Instagram and Facebook at Tiger Pack Productions. And uh, go to their website, www.tigerpackproductions.com and see their entire catalog of products and what they offer. They're really cool people. You should check them out. All right, guys, and we are back. Um, I'm going to bring us in with the Oscars and Golden Globes, which there actually were for this movie. Um, so no wins, but Oscars, they were nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Sound. 
um, who was uh, Richard Portman, and I'm not sure who else it was, but I think it was another person. And then for Golden Globes, um, Cloris Leachman was actually nominated for Best Actress, and she's in less time than the Best Supporting Actress nom for Golden Globes, who was Madeline Kahn. So even then, things were screwy with the fucking awards. Um, always and forever, baby. Uh, always. The Academy. Like, call this an adaptation. I mean, uh, it is. No, it's it a hard, it's an, yeah, it's an adaptation. I know it is. It's just yeah, because you know what it is? It's it's an adaptation. Yeah, it's based on a world of yeah, a thing. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, it's that because actually, even the excerpts, like when he's reading from his grandfather's journal, and you have like that voiceover. Yeah. That's actually paraphrases of Mary Shelley's work, in from Frankenstein, mm. and I. I forgot what the other one was, but there was another one of her works that they actually paraphrased that. To, so it, it's completely within that world. They even say, like, um, when they're in the town, like, the the council or whatever, and he's like, the past five times, like, it's a nod to mm-hmm. the past Frankenstein stuff and whatever with Brian Frankenstein and Son of Frankenstein. Um, so I guess uh, let's start with best performance. Gene. Gene Wilder. Big genie. Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman. Ooh. I actually argue Peter Boyle. The Peter creature. Boyle is the creature, mm. the monster. Okay, this is this is my argument. I think that any time you can, you have an actor who has a completely non-verbal role and is able to portray what um, Peter Boyle was able to portray. I mean, he's able to portray like literal emotion, like a crying, and you the the character you feel most for is the monster. Uh, especially when he's standing there in the chains, he's just like all defeated, and it's like, oh my god, that's so heartbreaking. And he's, in, he's non-verbal for pretty much the entire film up until the last what fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's to me why I would say he has the best performance because it's fantastic. He's mm-hmm. no word said except putting on the Ritz. I think Gene <laughs> is so easy at dancing with other actors. And so, like, his meeting with Igor, and he, he's, it's Frederick Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Well, shouldn't it be Frederick? No, it's Frederick. Well, shouldn't it be Frederick? Why would it be Frederick? It's Frederick. Frederick Frankenstein. But it's Frederick Frankenstein. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, how are you so straight right now? You, you must be and Igor. Like, or you must be Igor. It's like, no, it's Igor. No, it's Igor. He's like well, they, they told me it was Igor. Well, well they were wrong. Yeah, he's not like he's not playing it like he's frustrated or annoyed or thinks Igor is dumb. He's just like, no, that's just how it is. It's not. <laughs> it's Frederick. He even <laughs> does that with Cloris Leishman in the bedroom when she's like, "El Doctor Frankenstein." He's like, "Gene." <laughs> and like they both just do it. It's uh, he. I, I. I actually, what I read was he broke the most. He was the reason there was the most takes because he oh. couldn't keep straight. Um, yeah, what are you gonna say? Well, what I was gonna say about uh, Gene Wilder is mm-hmm. he wrote it. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, I, I know that. Oh. I, I wasn't. I'm like so he wrote this. He wrote the whole movie. He wrote mm-hmm. the whole script. He wrote the part that he knew he was gonna play. Yeah. And I always kind of make the music reference to Kanye. Mm-hmm. Kanye makes his own beats. That's wh- that's why he became a good like a famous rapper. Yeah. Is because he made the beats that he was gonna rap on, so he tailored it to what he was good at. Yeah. So that's kind of the, where you know, 
other actors get the role written as is, and if it gets changed, it might get you know things will get worse. Yeah, but he wrote from the absolute birth of writing this movie. He knew that he was playing that character. Yeah. So I take the, you know that takes a little points away from the acting for me, because you tail you know you're tailoring the whole thing. You know you're gonna play it. You're writing it for yourself to play. Yeah, but there's so many actors. You gave Michael J. White tons an of them. easy tons of them. You gave Michael yeah. J. White an easy best actor. Yeah. And he did the same thing. Yeah. I mean Rocky. Rocky. Yeah, and Stallone would have never been a famous actor if he didn't write Rocky. It's very true, but he. I'm not that. saying that same claim for Wilder. Yeah, you're right. I just think that Marty Feldman is the best delivers the best performance in this movie. I would say if I wasn't gonna say Peter Boyle, it would be Marty Feldman, and then I'd probably and say Elizabeth. I'm not. He does. He's nosing it out. Marty Feldman's nosing it out. It's not like it's a walk away. He's walking away with the the award here. It's mm-hmm. very close. Yeah. Great performance by Gene Wilder as well. I just, I think it's Marty Feldman. That's fair. So his eyes are like that. They're just yes. Yeah. He doesn't he, do he can, something I to think make he him can extra. Pop them out more. Okay. I think they're naturally like he 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 will. I think he's passive at this point. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, I think they naturally like he had the um I forgot what it was like the, the lazy eye, but I think he was able to like bulge them out a little bit. Um, but he's just great. He's yeah. just so good, honestly. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Heatcheck. Who do we think Heatcheck is? The student in the beginning. Danny Goldman. I think it's either got to be Gene Hackman or uh, the constable. Would you say the constable's in it too much? Considering, I, don't think, considering, I don't think so. But here, think about it this way. Uh, uh, Gene Hackman has one scene and the student has one scene while the constable has like five or six. Right around five scenes is right where the, the line usually is. Yeah, but in this type oh, of movie, just because though. somebody the, has less time doesn't make them more eligible for the award. Who's the cop I, that finds them when they're taking the body back and they're doing the hand gag? Oh, the con- I don't that's know the constable. Him. No, it's no, not. it's a different it's guy. He, it's a really that's fr- the guy then. He's a friendly guy. The guy, he's, he's like I forgot about him. Oh, yeah. your hands are cold as a clam. You should go by. Go home and buy the fire to warm up. Yeah. That's and maybe a sip from the old bottle, too, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and she was like, he's like... <laughs> he's like, that's the ticket. <laughs> that's, that's fucking hysterical, too. I was going to say uh, Danny Goldman, the student. I think that's just... It's just such a... All right, fine. I've been outvoted. Weasel. I know. I just his, facial, his facial acting is incredible. I want to stab him with a scalpel. But what about your father's work? <laughs> my fa- my grandfather's work was Dodo! Yeah. <laughs> Right, and he just keeps just like she keeps digging yeah. and digging so and digging. So he's so good in that scene. Um, what do we think is most polarizing? Favorite scene or least favorite scene? Well, I mean, right over, here we go. Polarizing. Here we go. The fucking pseudo rape scene. <laughs> the fucking pseudo rape scene. <laughs> This movie is rated PG <laughs> yeah, in, is, 1974. in 1974. Okay, and there's a lot of things like in this little bit that I had, like all of the interactions with the assistant and Gene Wilder. I forget her name. Inga. Inga. Mm-hmm. All of their interactions. There's What Knockers, which we talked about. Then there's Elevate Me. Right, right here, Doctor? Right now? Yeah. <laughs> there's that. Is this room? There's the fu- there's the fucking pseudo rape scene with the monster with Frankenstein's monster yeah. where he, uh, um, 
just like just he just, does expose he, himself he exposes to her. himself on her he forces himself on her and then it's he kinda, kidnaps her i'm telling you this scene doesn't get written himself. today oh uh, no this no, scene doesn't no, get forget about never, pg this never, scene doesn't get written never. today in a rated r movie um, i don't think yeah and the whole thing is just played off like oh that was you know and then what is she she calls him zipper head after that right zipper, yeah. zipper neck zipper a little zipper neck so th- um, that's my vote I, pol- you want to talk about polarizing it's a raping yeah i mean that's fair i mean you also do have the moment where uh when he first meets inga they're going into the thing and she's like would you like a roll in the hay yeah yeah there you go roll, i couldn't roll, roll in hay. i couldn't think of the other ones but i just watching it last night i'm like this is before the the scene with the monster and oh that's the very beginning no no no. i'm saying to oh. myself thinking last night about it being rated. I double checked to make sure it was rated PG mm-hmm. on my phone while we were watching it last night, yeah. and I couldn't think of more of them. But there's at least five sexual innuendos between Inga and Gene Wilder throughout the movie. There's the what knockers. There's elevate me. There's roll, roll, roll in the hay. There's at least two more things, or just looks, body language things. The whole thing is like very risque. Yeah, I for mean, a children's movie. It- well, that's so, okay. So well, here's the, the thing. Platform here, but here, but here's the thing we have to step back from. We have to understand that it wasn't it's 19, 1974. Yeah, there wasn't PG-13 at the time. Um, I don't know when PG-13 came out, but I, I knew I just, it wasn't then. So you had to you had that line of well, it's not R. It's not even close to R. It's got to be PG. They're you know? they're so, almost like Austin Power <laughs> level puns. Yes. But Austin Powers is trying to be on the nose about it and making like a sexual comedy for PG-13. Well, whereas it's a little bit, dif- it comes across different, it feels different, and obviously the time gap is always Yeah, I, I, th- I think that, I think if this, I, I think either if our ratings were, in 1974, this came out today, I mean, minus a couple of scenes here and there, this would sit at PG-13. I don't think it would be questioned. Like, not, I mean. It's far too many sexual innuendos. For PG thirteen. For it to not be PG thirteen. For it to not be. PG-13. Oh yeah, well that's what I'm saying. If we if it came out today, it would be PG thirteen. Like think you it's... knock out those sexual innuendos, and that's a PG movie. You take out the 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 rape scene and the and the sexual innuendos, and that could be a PG movie today. I think. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think it was marketed towards kids. G- like, you think Gene Wilder wrote this and Mel Brooks wrote and uh, directed this? This was not marketed towards kids. This would this fell in PG because they didn't have a middle ground standard. Like I this did not this was not a movie made for kids. I, I, I don't. I, I'm I'm sure if like there was no Frankenstein beforehand too, when they were just like writing this thing, it, it would probably be a lot dirtier. It might not have been made, but for since it's kids, based on, might not have been made for kids. But it's certainly a family movie now. You don't consider it a family movie? Maybe that's I just because of our operating. I think with that's it. our operating. I Fair. think that's. I don't. I think in right. 1974. Well, let's no. let's keep it moving. Gage, favorite scene, least favorite scene, most, uh, polarizing. most polarizing. Well, yeah, that's. Was polarizing literally when they flip the switches because they're just flipping the switches from negative to positive and positive to negative. Which that's actually a Mary Shelley thing. Polarizing, get it? Yeah, that mm-hmm. um, the whole Ch- that yeah. whole when he says we must uh, switch positive uh, negative, negative to pl- minus to positive, minus to plus and plus to minus. That's a Mary Shelley thing. That was actually something that was in. I don't think it was Frankenstein. I think it was the other. Uh, book, but that's a that's a nod to Mary Shelley. Um, well, really, I think I could do without the little girl scene as one. I mean, I get what purpose it serves in the script, but I just kind of, I'd like to see it done differently. It wasn't really a joke in there to me other than her flying through the air. Um, And the fact that he w- he looked dangerous, but then he was plucking flowers. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I don't really know what my most polarizing scene is. I guess it'd probably be, like, the pseudo-rape scene. It's a little, like, when I was watching, I was like, mm, that's a little, it's a little weird. Mm. I was like, that's rape. I looked yeah, at it and it said, that's a-, a rape. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, She, like, kind of, like, you know, she, like, kind of says yes, but, Christ, it's like. Well, no, because the. I guess it's kind of good to she- see where we've come, though, right? Yes, I guess you could say that. I mean, because it's like she she doesn't say no, but it's like a he's already within humping distance, and she's like, okay. So the problem with it, if it was if this was like a horror movie, and then she was getting raped, then we'd be like, that's fucked up, but that's part of the tone. Like the the hills have eyes. Like that, one or of the most yeah. oh vicious rape scenes in fat. Wait, oh, uh, oh, last house uh, on the left. Last house on the left Ooh. is bad. Who? Have you seen one? Lovely Molly? No, uh, no. She gets raped by an invisible demon, um, and it's like oh, on we, camera. We've spoken about this before, yeah. Lovecraft Country. There was just an episode of Lovecraft Country that was that show's fucked up. I had to. Oh, I almost had to shut off. It was that was. Oh God, that was a tough one. That was a tough one to watch. To be honest with you, yeah. a shoe wasn't psycho. Uh, not psycho. Um. <laughs> The new Psycho, the show. I didn't even know they made a show. Yeah, they made a show. It's yeah. kind of, it's a prologue. It's about the mother. Oh, okay, okay. okay and yeah. uh, Norman is a little boy, but first pilot episode, pretty soon on rape scene. Yeah, I don't know what this thing about rape scenes. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I've written a couple rape thumbs scenes. Up like, thumbs up or thumbs down on rape scenes going forward? Going forward, if it's warranted. I. That's how I feel. I feel if the mm. if the content is there. Well, okay. There's no way you could do a rape scene in good taste, right? Let's say that. There's just not. There's no way you could be like, this is a well done. Rape no, scene. there's no. a couple. So, there's a couple things where it's like rape scenes just mean bad. Yeah, so killing I mean, a dog, my, killing a kid. Yeah, my feeling about a rape scene is, do you not? Ne- do you need to see it? No, I think you can allude to it. You, yeah, you can allude to them. Like I, I mean, because I think I've I've written not not necessarily written rape scenes, but I've written. This is getting fucking dark. <laughs> well, no, no, commentary no, 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 on art. Keep going, uh, and it it's social. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> all for it. Um, I've written like where the, the uh, long version the of the title is the an enthusiastic corruption of modern cinema. That is true. That is the long version of that the title. Oh true. yes. Oh my god, I that keep forgetting. To technically, the name of the show <laughs> is the Rewind presented by House of Havoc. Yeah. An enthusiastic corruption of modern cinema. That's very true. <laughs> so um, here we are corrupting. My 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 feelings on it is like. You know, in that in that specific scene, like that, I wrote that that male character was clearly dominating power. He was cl- like it was clearly a, a power struggle type of situation that is like a clear cut. This is what's going on. This isn't okay. We know it's not okay. That's our main character who's having issues That's, or whatever. Keep going. Oh, okay. Keep um, going. I just have a point. To oh, make. okay. So you know, like we don't see it happen, but we see a a, a character outside of that area react to it. So you know what's what happening. What movie is this? This is something I wrote. Oh, got it. Oh, no, this is what I'm saying. Like, me so, personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just something I wrote. So the implications, Yes. all the implications in this scene, that the, the alleged scene we're discussing here and analyzing, it's because he wants to, he can, mm-hmm. and he can't be stopped. Exactly. Those are the three reasons the entire thing happens. Right. Which is a clean-cut rape scene. How is it not a yeah. rape? It, no, okay. it is. Other so, than she I, I just can't. turns it around and says yes at the end. So the... the Part that would be accepted is if this was a horror film and he was actually raping her as like, uh, this is a fucked up monster on the loose. I feel like that would be more accepted than what actually happened in the film. And that's the implication that if you push your boundaries and expose yourself, maybe she'll say yes. I don't really 
really no. I, well, no, 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 no. Let's just let's put the do two that. feet down right now on that. <laughs> Absolutely that fucking no chance. Wait, hold on. What? Hold on. I'm not making a point that that's a thing. Oh, I'm saying that that's what the film comes across as. I was going to say, for okay. What the no, fuck I, are you talking think, about, you psychopaths? I think it's very... <laughs> I think it's it's like kind of very clear that, that it's written and put in there as more of like a goofy, lighthearted thing. Yeah. Than like, oh, the monster, you know, he wants sex too. Like. But honestly, in a way, we're kind of doing a bit of the stupid song, the Baby, It's Cold Outside. Like, we're... We're looking at something. Yeah, see, it has that energy more so. Right, because it's saying this was written in 1974, and it came out in 1974. And unfortunately, like I know people hate that we say this and we do this. We do have to look at the time period then. Oh no, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not not discrediting it. I'm not saying that the movie is like should shouldn't be watched and they should pull. No, it is what it is. We just had a whole conversation about great rape scenes in film. I mean, it's true. Like, we did. <laughs> so don't don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I just had a fucking bone to pick with the whole rating system of 1974. Yeah. And I just <laughs> thought like it could have been like they're very very slight adjustments that could have made that a little less rapey. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, listen, it is what it is at this point. I mean, Gene. And uh, Gage hit his. Did you hit yours on a on your scene? Um, I know. I think I think it would probably be the rape scene. Honestly, so, I. I honestly, the other, uh, I, another polarizing scene, I would say, I, as great as it is and as slapstick as it is, I kind of agree with Mel Brooks with the whole put on the red scene. I, I get it. I mean, it is a good way to uh, show the monster's abilities, but like, it's very, very. I made it a point to judge that scene today when I watched it and I laughed. And so oh, I laugh every when time. When they're dancing? Yeah. I laugh yeah. every time. So thumbs up. Girl yeah. scene? Didn't you laugh. laugh every time, then it doesn't, then you're wrong then. No, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm looking at it from like, if I got that strip handed to me, I'd probably question it too. Then like, you're on the losing side. I, listen, I, I've, I've we, lost Over the here floor. in this I've side of the studio, the we, we like to be on the winning side. Yeah. Glizzy gang. Listen, we take our losses. Like we take our wins with grace and dignity. Take and this is brought to, you by, <laughs> brought to you by <laughs> um, brought to you by the Parlez-vous podcast at Parlez-vous pod IG. We, but what were we, uh, most quotable and best scene? That's our last one. Most quotable? Or best scene. Moment. Quotable moment or scene, yeah. yeah. I'll be honest, that's the most polarizing though real quick. I really struggle with that category. I honestly hate that category. Because it's hard for me. I don't. I well, don't it's just. I it's just really don't. polarizing. Doesn't necessarily have to be it. You can just either. When I said polarizing, what I mean is when you say something like a polarizing topic is things that people either love or hate. So realistically, going forward, like that's we did the way we did it in Black Dynamite was either the best scene or the worst scene. You either pick a scene that you really love or a scene that you really hate, and then explain why. That's really. All right. Well, then I guess that. Well, that's that. See, then you have most quotable and best scene. So that's why you, you kind of have dual. So I guess you want both cold and then most polarizing no, being either favorite or worst. Scene. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's supposed to be most favorite quote. Okay. Or like slash if it's not if it becomes a whole scene. I got you. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. I get yeah. Then the that's rape scene is my well, least favorite. We're moving okay. on. I'm, I'm going with it. The I rape scene is sure. my least favorite. It's uh, fair. So favorite quote. Mm-hmm. Am I going first here? Yeah. I guess Jeez, so. There's a lot of pressure here for favorite quote. There's so many good ones. I don't know. Their wolf. 
Yeah, their their wolf. Their wolf is great. Their wolf. What? Their castle. <laughs> um, Why are you talking like that? I thought you wanted to. Yeah. No, oh. I don't. Oh. oh. Well, suit yourself. I'm easy. Yeah, I'm easy. <laughs> I, I do think one of the best is um, uh, just <laughs> just anything that comes from Marty Feldman. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah, I think is damn your eyes pure. too late. That's or that's. I, I could take sad. care of that hump for you. What hump? That's great. Or, yeah. Uh, okay, I could switch my best actor. I could switch to Marty Feldman. <laughs> it's like didn't that used to be over there? The, yeah, the I mean, was like. There's, there's just some, even just the, like, no, not the switch. Like, it's yeah, so no, not, the, the, not the last switch. Yeah, um, like, for no reason. Yeah, it's like, out but of nowhere. I think it's like, gotta be. just went over I the think, play. I think for me, it's gotta be, because I'll always be the number one quote I associate with this movie, is destiny, destiny. Yeah. My, funny story about that, my dad, uh, when I lived with him, he used to literally open, like, slam open my door and just look at me. And, and like, I forgot what the leading line is into it. Like, I know you'd be like, say it. Like, okay. Okay, I'll say it. I'll say it. And it didn't matter what time of day it was. I could be standing up, like, doing my hair with a curling iron, put the curling iron down, get into my bed and do the whole thing. It's just, like, that's one of my favorite scenes ever. Destiny. Yeah. Destiny <laughs> like, it's so no good. escaping. That's for me. Destiny. <laughs> Destiny. Um, I think probably one of my favorite lines is uh, the whole beginning. The whole, the whole that, classroom scene. The whole classroom scene is whole classroom scene's amazing. So That's the tone well. It lets you know what it you're getting really into does. for the next ninety minutes or so. Yeah, it's just so good. I mean, his his acting's phenomenal. This portrayal of like this hot shot doctor and like who he is and like it's just great. It's and just it's like so good. you could take that scene and use you could just take that scene and use it to pitch and pitch the movie. And one whoever you show the scene to is gonna know what the whole movie's gonna mm-hmm. be about. They're gonna know what they're getting. And you're probably winning the pitch. And honestly, this is um this is a scene I would sh- if I was teaching like screenwriting or like anything. This is a classic scene I would show to be like, this is what we talk about when we say set your audience into the world. Oh, like the, that. Uh, what's your initial expose? How do you drop yeah. some exposition and let them know what's going on? Yeah, like how like it's that that show not tell. It's a clear. And they well, they're make, telling you hard. I know, but in but they are, but in a way that wasn't your doesn't... grandfather, Doctor Frankenstein. Right, but the thing is, is that we've all had, we've all been in class and had a fucking kid like that. You know, it's believable. That's something like that's believable. Honestly, in film school, I had, I've been sitting in classes where someone turned around and be like, the, "Honestly, she'll kill me if I tell the story." But the classic was I had a professor who dated um, uh, Durst, Robert Durst. So when um, Jinx came out, I was in college, and literally one of my uh, one of my classmates turned around and was like, "I heard a rumor that you knew Robert Durst," and she literally just like put her glasses down and was like, "I'm gonna assume you're all watching the Jinx, right?" Uh. And we're all like sitting at like edge of our seats, like, "How do you know Robert Durst? Like this mm-hmm. crazy guy who." It killed his neighbor and lived as a woman and the whole thing with his wife disappearing. It's a crazy story. I don't know if you know. You've I watched, don't know. I have no you, idea. Did you never watch the Jinx? Is. Yeah. Okay. The Jinx came out of like Her professor narrowly avoided being serial killer. Pretty much. So mine. Okay. So what happened is. What? Is the Jinx a documentary? Yes. Oh. So the Jinx is a documentary about. I'm going to go real quick into this. The Jinx is a documentary about Robert Durst, who was uh, a son of a mogul in New York City. Uh, <laughs> 
Fatality. Um, long story short, he had a wife who disappeared, um, and no one could, no one found any trace of her. No one ever knew what happened. He was friends with this woman named Susan Berman, who was a writer, um, and her dad had connections to the mob, who was friends with my professor. So mm-hmm. when Susan Berman was getting married to, I don't know his name, his first name, but we called him Mister Mister mm-hmm. because his last name was Mister, so Mister Mister. And she was my professor was Robert Durst's date to Susan Berman's wedding and he Robert has actually walked Susan Berman down the aisle and she said that he was fucking crazy. She literally said that they would be they were driving down um in LA and one of the what's that main highway? Santa Monica, whatever it is. S- the Santa Monica Boulevard. I don't, one of the crazy main highways Rodeo. that Rodeo. Rodeo, Rodeo, Rodeo Drive. Drive. That's the one it that's was, the rich person. It one. was Rodeo Drive. Unless well, you mean Sunset Boulevard. That's a big or one. maybe it was Sunset. That's like it could have been Sunset. Left to right. It could have been one. Sunset, and we have to think too, this is like probably in the late seventies, early eighties. They're right they're apparently they're driving down um Sunset and they he pulled over randomly just to pee in the like middle of the fucking road. Oh. Um he would call like his housekeeper who was watching his dog and say, Can you put him on and just bark to the dog? Like weird things like that. She swore like it was like weird. And apparently it's long distance. She was like involved in the groundlings and stuff like that and he was living this coast. Mm-hmm. So she was in LA and stuff. But uh yeah, that's so stuff like that, you know, like I feel like happens. So I think that's to me why it yeah, it's very much a tell, but it's a tell in a way that is very realistic and it's also massively comedy. So this is the type of stuff we expect in comedies. You mm-hmm. know, like it's I, I, I think it's one of the best scenes. And I think it's one of the best well most well written scenes too. You know? Mm-hmm. What do you feel, Gage? About that scene in general? No, just about your favorite scene. I mean you could talk about that scene. I think we talked about it a little bit, so I almost think my favorite scene might just be the bookshelf scene. Mostly because I the picture it in great. fucking, I picture, like, I don't even picture it in that movie when I think about it. I think about it in Big Daddy. And it's just oh, like. Oh, yeah, I know. You mean. Like, when they're, re-wa- when they're watching it? Yeah, they're watching it on the couch. Yeah. It's a, yeah. I could go into that movie, too. <laughs> that's a that's great a movie. That's a great one, too. That's, that's, <laughs> we could do a whole Adam right. Sandler movie. We just roll into that right now. Um, That's great. No. Put the candle back. <laughs> and he's like. That. Listen very carefully. <laughs> that or them discovering the laboratory. Because, I, I mean, that's part of the same scene. Yes. Yeah. That entire sequence. Because mm-hmm. they start, uh, then they find the they find the bookshelf. They do that. They go down yeah. the stairwell. They find Igor. Igor. I got nobody. And nobody can. Yeah. <laughs> I heard the music. I came down the dumbwaiter. <laughs> I had a hunch. Looks at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> the fourth wall breaks, too. Yeah. The fourth wall breaks um, by uh, by uh, Igor, amazing. Yeah, that's classic too. Where he's like, "I think we're in a music room," and he's like, "There's not a st- only reason he thinks it's a music room is because there's a violin sitting there. Yeah. Like, there's not a single thing. <laughs> must be the there's nothing room. but books yeah. everywhere yeah. and one violin. He's like, must be the music room. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's, incredible. It's it's so good. It's and amazing. then too, when he was like, "Say it, say it," he was my boyfriend. <laughs> the fucking violin. <laughs> He's, he's got a sick brain. He's not sick. He's beautiful. <laughs> so good. But um, yeah, I, I mean. Oh, that violin that she's playing is just, yes. Yes. And she's Say it. The Say it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I mean, but that's, that's Young Frankenstein. So that, yeah. That's all we got. Any last thoughts before we close out? Um, The 
assistant's name? Inga. Inga. Inga has a wild dress. The first you're going to say Inga out. has a wild rack. Wild set of knockers. <laughs> yeah. Huge rack. No. She, just because we haven't really touched on anything other than jokes in this movie, as far as wardrobe goes, she's where, first off, the way his collar pops open when he's like, I'm not crazy. Oh, and it's yeah. so like, fucking good. Excellent. So good. So good. And then her, she has this dress that just sparkles so beautifully during that scene. When she meets Elizabeth. Is yeah. Oh yes. well, yes, yeah, but yeah, they, yeah, yeah. you really notice it when they like start kissing for the first time. I think. Yeah, that's why I noticed it first when um she met Elizabeth. Oh. She's just standing there next to Jean, and Marty Feldman's down the steps, and she just looks stunning. Standing. Yeah, it's she's just, just beautiful. Glowing. It's she's awesome. Beautiful. I mean, she's just a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elizabeth Con uh, is beautiful too, and her wardrobes are fantastic. That whole the, she just the drives main... me crazy in that movie. Well, that's her role. She just though. drives me up. That's a her role. But that mink with the the like the turban and stuff when he, she first comes yeah. and stuff. It, she's it, she it's just great. And the whole hair which she when they're um back I guess in America and he's reading the paper and she comes out she's got the hair she's like duh. yeah. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> she's great. She's so funny. But uh, yeah, I mean that's great movie. That's yeah. My thoughts on it. Definitely worth the watch if we, if you have not. If you seen haven't it. seen this movie, first of all, how old are you? And, and where have you fucking been? <laughs> Thanks for listening to uh, Young Frankenstein on the Rewind. By Frankenstein. Froderick. Young Frankenstein, the Rewind, House of Havoc. Thanks for stopping by. Say Good night. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show, whatever movie it was about. Uh, This is a generic pre-recorded outro, but we hope you had fun. We sure do. Thanks for listening. See you next week. And the only prescription is more cowbell. We will not go quietly into the night. Stay gold, pony boy. I will not die sober. Get those fucking loose. That's all, folks.